Oh yeah, here we go, gang. Check us out. We're in Golden Boy. We're it's just you and me this week. Just just us guys. Just just you, the audience, and myself. Solo blast episode. No guests this week. Uh, we're just gonna do some housekeeping. Uh, touch base about UFC 229, of course. Crazy, crazy event there. If you guys watched it with me, and then um, who knows? We'll just go into whatever the fuck ever. That's probably enough for now. For now, <clears throat> not gonna like make you listen to this entire set. That was Ilki Klein. I have no idea how to pronounce his name. He's got a really Scandinavian name. From Burning Man, I am just all about it. Deal with it. People always get sick of fucking hearing about Burning Man, but that was the Tuesday night set that we actually attended, and. Uh, you know, I've been kind of vibing out on it lately. And house music's kind of interesting like that because it just takes a while to build. There's not enough I could even share with you without making you just listen to 17 minutes of music that is going to make sense, right? So, <clears throat> but I think that's interesting. That's like why house music is sometimes that's what you can appreciate about, you know, everything kind of brings its own culture to the table. And what, what does house music bring? It brings like this long line of a pre you know you kind of have to i don't know you have to commit to listening to it for a little bit longer if you have a really shitty attention span like most of us do especially in this day and age then you might have a hard time appreciating music that takes more than 30 seconds to to pay off and drop or change from verse to chorus or from chorus to bridge or some shit but um i challenge you for that reason to fucking try it out just listen to fucking house music God, I'm cursing a lot right now. Just listen to it. Just try it out and see if you can try to appreciate it. You know, I don't know. There's something interesting about having to hold your attention for longer and pay attention to the subtle differences. It's kind of like deeper listening in some ways. And I'm going to stop jerking house music off right now, but <clears throat> I just think it's interesting. All right. Deal with God damn it. Um, I've been, I've been too apologetic on previous episodes, I think. So I'm trying to be in your face now. Take it, take that. Uh, some of my, um, friends and listeners have, have mentioned this to me. And so I'm taking the feedback with, uh, and taking it forward with me in these next episodes. But anyhow, let's get into it. Um, and we'll get that payoff real quick too. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys the drop. I'm going to give you guys that drop. I think the the house music is a good story for kind of what's happening and why maybe, you know, all these things kind of like spawn out of different areas of culture and out of necessity, I feel like. So we need, you know, I've been saying it over and over past weeks. We need to, to embrace more nuance, more subtlety in our minds and in our discussions. And that's what this podcast has, has partly been about, um, you know, Everyone wants to pick a camp. Like this is what, and this is like why I think <clears throat> the Connor Khabib thing was so interesting. 
you know, and what's the aftermath and like the whole situation. Like, again, first of all, the whole story of it, you had to have keep your eye, keep your eye tuned in for years to really see and appreciate the story. Like as much as the event is, uh, has been building for, you know, whatever the last 10, 12 weeks or, or a few months, if you guys have been paying attention to the UFC, it's been building for a lot longer than that. And just like this song has been building for, you know, minutes now behind my voice, you'll be able to like, <clears throat> like I couldn't play that whole thing for you. You know, I have to get into the, the topics, but I think what's interesting about this Connor Khabib thing is that you fucking get this huge payoff if you've actually been paying attention for longer. Cause there's so much context and like, I really won't be able to explain it to you unless you're, you're a fan or you're a longtime follower of the UFC. Um, I suggest you get into it. You know, again, one of these, like get into house music, get into, get into whatever the fuck it is that you're actually interested in. Like go balls deep on it because the payoff is way better. And it's, it's, it's kind of wild to digest because this whole, this UFC 229 shit is just still, I'm kind of floored by it, but also like it's perfectly expected because in the absence of nuance, we all jump into tribes, right? And that is kind of the story of this whole thing and like how it can get out of hand and why things eventually like blew up in our faces as fans and as people that run the UFC and everything else. So well, let's let this drop blow up in our face right now and then we'll get back into it. like this kind of music every so often it's weird for me to listen to it when i'm not at the concert as much but um it's growing on me it's a nice background it's nice gets your mind kind of on that long form thought you know we all have such such goldfish attention spans these days it's just nice to start exercising that longer form thought but anyhow let's get back into it so what i was saying is this tribalism right this is like how things can culminate and like why I think the, and I haven't had really enough time to think about this and formulate the best thoughts, but Connor and Khabib's story is so long and so um, textured, you could say textured <laughs> that I won't be able to really discuss everything here, but let me try to like put it into words here. So, basically like connor's been betting on himself right this whole time like the reason why things get crazy and i don't know if, if you guys don't know here's what happened connor got basically mauled and uh, i'm you know i'm not that surprised obviously i'm the huge connor fan that i am i'm very upfront about that with you guys i tell you how much i'm a fucking connor dick rider all the time when i'm talking about the ufc and fighting but <clears throat> and so i don't i don't always you know and especially since this isn't a you know, you guys don't necessarily come here for, for mixed martial arts analysis. You come here maybe more for, for, you know, if you really want that, if you're coming here for that, you should watch your, you know, some other podcast with people that are much more knowledgeable than I am about this shit. But <clears throat> for a lot of my friends, I am like the go-to dude to to talk about these things with because, uh, you know, I've been into the UFC for longer than they have been. So needless to say, I'm a huge Connor fan. And so I, I didn't like necessarily, you know, obviously I'm, I'm the way I talk about it and the way I think about it is I'm hopeful that Connor's going to do what he says he's going to do. And then, but 
I knew this was a high probability. And that's again, like why I'm a huge Connor fan, because I know Connor knows this better than, you know, as well as anybody that he was up against basically the worst matchup possible. And he was willing to go in and, and fight Khabib anyhow, <clears throat> which he didn't have to do. Like ultimately he's already got a hundred million dollars in the bank. He wants the biggest challenge. He wants to go after glory and he's willing to put it all on the line. And that's really been Connor's story. And that's like why you can be a Connor fan and why there is so much excitement about all this is like, he's been building this story like since he's been in the UFC, even before that, like if you've really followed Connor's story along, it's an incredible story. The way he's bet on himself consistently just over the years, constantly raising the stakes and basically getting it all done as well like up until a certain point like we, obviously he lost the Nate Diaz fight the Floyd fight and now the Khabib fight so things have kind of boiled over for for the momentum that he's created and him trying to outdo himself but ultimately what was so exciting about watching Connor exceed and go forward and why you know a lot of people didn't understand it necessarily but why you want to be a Connor fan is he he was basically writing like this magical tale for himself where he would stack all these chips like go all in on these huge you know increasingly higher and higher bets on himself where basically he's having to just work his ass off behind the scenes and give this illusion that he's reckless and whatever but he's doing the work to become one of the greatest mixed martial artists we've ever seen in the octagon and simultaneously stepping up and betting on himself in a way that no fighter has ever done before where he's saying what he's going to do telling people he's going to knock people out talking a bunch of shit like being flashy being but and with that he brought himself into a level where he's making hundreds to tens of millions of dollars on fights he's elevated the game of mixed martial arts to a stage that no one's ever you know no one could have ever predicted it was unprecedented and without him it wouldn't be where it is today and that's why why you why you get on the connor dick train is because you fucking you appreciate what he's done for the sport you appreciate what he's doing for mma and the ufc and yeah of course we don't always agree with like how it gets done you know you know, obviously, Connor has crossed the line on a number of occasions. <clears throat> but you know, if you're, if you're, I mean, some people just—it's not their cup of tea. Ultimately, there's a lot of people that hate on Connor. I get most, more inspired, and I think there's more majority of people get inspired by his story and the work ethic. That if you know and you, pre you watch the game, you appreciate what had to have gone in to each of these moments to give this illusion of you know the that people can hate on because if anyone truly understood it they you know obviously they're full of shit if you're hating on people generally you don't know what the fuck you're talking about right so <clears throat> but i don't know i don't know where, where am i at with this so then the, the so connor's been building this huge moment right he's been he's been stacking the chips against himself he's been taking on challenges being in a way yeah he was reckless but but instead of like being reckless and he, you know, he capitalized on the recklessness or the recklessness as much as he could. And it's been working out. Like he was able to work hard enough to beat all his opponents up until the Nate Diaz fight, which again, he took last minute. He was preparing for a different opponent. And of course Nate Diaz did too, but Nate Diaz is larger. Like again, he's gone. He's taken these big challenges. He's never lost when it's been, when he's been expected to win. 
you know, necessarily. Like maybe the Nate Diaz fight, no one knew, but he was an underdog on Saturday. He was an underdog in the Floyd fight. It's not like he's ever set himself up for like chill success. He's always taken on a bigger challenge and he's been willing to eat the consequences. And every time he's failed, he's been very humble in defeat. So that's just the case for like, again, why I'm still a Connor fan, why I'm still a big, you know, and I was a little disappointed in, in the outcome, obviously, but not surprised. Like, honestly, I knew that could happen. I wish, you know, and Connor looked good, but he didn't look like his former self. He hasn't fought in MMA for two years. <clears throat> you know, he's he's versing the literally the greatest maybe lightweight we've ever seen in the octagon. And obviously he, he won one round maybe. You know, arguably a lot of people gave him the third round, which, you know, is one of the few, if only, rounds that Khabib has ever lost ever. Um which again is it's its own little victory, and it, but it it doesn't mean shit, and I know it doesn't mean shit to Connor. Ultimately, like what he wanted and what we all wanted to, as Connor fans is to see him perform at his best and win, you know, hopefully against against uh, this opponent and keep the story going because the story now has to be rewired, you know, or like repositioned if he wants to come back and make a rematch against Khabib. Which, fuck, it's, again, that's an enormous uphill challenge, uphill battle. It's but it's it's already being talked about. So it's liable to happen. There's too much money at stake. Now there's even more fucking hype behind it because, um, again, Connor got choked out or neck cranked out in the fourth round, roughly. It was kind of like a combination. He got mostly, mostly, uh, you know, his takedown defense looked really good. Like he, he was stuffing Khabib a few times, but, and he, and Khabib, you know, for someone who's been off for two years, was making, he was making Khabib work harder than you might have expected he was maintaining his composure but I'm, I'm really riding connor's dick again too hard right now like all credit due to khabib as well because khabib put up a, a ridiculously high level performance like what you would expect out of him he did everything right he even surprised he probably landed one of the biggest shots in the entire bout um if not the biggest with this huge overhand right uh flush on connor's face you know, and and that was set up again by the the threat of the takedown, and it, and it just goes to show that wrestling is just this huge crux of mixed martial arts. Where if you don't, you know, if you can control where the fight goes, or if you have the threat to take someone or your opponent down, it opens up your striking, even if you're not the more talented striker, because you have this threat of the takedown. Of the takedown, these are things that if you've been following the sport, you already kind of know. But I know there's people out there that don't necessarily have the expertise that are listening. So, you know, there's all these factors that go into it. And, um, but Khabib, Khabib, you know, had just like basically a perfect performance. He, he, he took Connor down early. He wore him out. He smashed on him in the second round, you know, put some damage on him. Connor looked good, you know, enough in the third round to start making his way back and, uh, taking a round and his cardio looked like it was somewhat there still, which again, there's questions about Connor's cardio always. But Khabib is with the DC, the AKA camp, American Kickboxing Academy. That's DC, Daniel Cormier. He's a light heavyweight and heavyweight champion currently. And Luke Rockhold and former champion Kane Velasquez. Like, <clears throat> maybe not Luke Rockhold so much, but they're known for putting on their fucking insane pace. Like, they get injuries. Their, their camp is known for having injuries all the time because they just put on a ridiculous pace on on their opponents. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Um, the only person that on that car that we saw that put on a pace similar was Tony Ferguson, which was ridiculous, but we'll, we'll get into that maybe a little bit, but 
then then in the fourth round again like the takedown the wrestling is just too much connor got got taken down again like regardless of how he was doing on the feet it was it wasn't enough connor khabib's chin, chin was tested his endurance was tested like you know i thought it was a great fight it, it was pretty decidedly khabib's fight but um but if anyone could come back and do a rematch and 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 surprise everybody, it could be Connor. I think, you know, he loves a challenge. He loves this idea. Of, you know, he, obviously he he went back. He wanted Nate Diaz back at 170, where he was probably. <clears throat> I mean, Connor's smaller, you know, than Khabib and and much smaller than Nate as well. Like none of Khabib nor Nate could ever make 145. You know, they or it, like definitely couldn't. They're not the same size in some ways. So. There's a size disadvantage for Connor, and he he's willing to take on these big challenges. But you know, it it'd be rough. It'd be hard. He'd definitely be an underdog going into the Khabib fight again. There's no doubt about it. Um, but it's liable to get made just because there's insane hype. So of course, if you don't know, which again probably should have led with this, but if you don't know the uh, the fight after it was over, and there's been mad buildup, right? There's been bad blood between these camps. Habib slapped one of Connor's friends and teammates. Then Connor obviously threw the dolly at uh, at the press conference or after the press conference back in whenever that fuck that was. And all these antics have built this thing up. And now Khabib finishes Connor with this amazing performance. And then, you know, there was this other question of did Connor get in Khabib's head? Well, obviously he did. But it didn't. And then this is something I've heard from Luke Thomas, another MMA analyst, Ariel Hawani, MMA journalist. It, it's just kind of obvious, but the the way that the way that Khabib actually responded to to Connor getting in his head was not to fucking he he didn't get the moment let get to him. He didn't let the moment really get to him as much as he just got more pissed off in rage mode, and he had the energy after whooping Connor to go out and now pick a new fight with Connor's jiu-jitsu coach Dylan Dennis who was talking mad shit after the fight was over and he fucking um jumps out of the octagon fights over all he had to do and there were so many moments like this <laughs> on the night all he had to do was just take it you know he could have really stolen the show in some ways and now the show is is not even about his victory and his legacy as much as it's about this crazy controversy where he jumps out of the octagon he does this running flying kick towards dylan dennis and then they get in a brawl and then a and then a fucking fight breaks out connor is you know exhausted in the octagon and khabib's two teammates and one of them i think is his brother or some shit they come in and like blindside try to jump connor and hitting him in the back of the head it's fucking unbelievably like i mean that 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 was like that was the true low point i mean khabib attacking another mixed martial artist who's talking mad shit like in dylan dennis it's it is what it is. Like the the fight game is fucking gnarly. I mean, we have Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield's ear off. We've got fights breaking out all over combat history, right? Um, obviously, lots of people were disappointed. People were shitting on Khabib, and but you know, ultimately, that I think was the worst thing is just the fact that they and, and there's rumors. I mean, this is all conspiracy, so fuck that. But like, regardless, they jump Connor. It's a super cowardly. And Joe Rogan said on the podcast, it's a cowardly thing to do. I mean, to just blindside Connor after he's already just lost an exhausting 20 minute fight. I don't know that that that's uh, 
But that's their culture. Again, and that's what comes in. That's where, you know, I started out talking about this tribalism. This culture, it's a kind of a culture war. It's this war of ideas. It's, it's just like this ancient, it's, it's these things that are as old as time. Is like these differences in ideas. You know, the Khabib value structure where he comes from Dagestan, it's all about honor and respect. And um, ultimately, he fucking pissed on his own culture by by throwing this this moment away, and not having the respect and not showing the honor in 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 martial arts. <clears throat> and it's just like that's like what's just a strange thing is like Connor has like this weird weird victory in a way over over Khabib in that he was able to l- make Khabib lose his composure in like the worst fucking way possible. But. It's weird because Khabib cares more about that, but Connor probably gives no. Sh- Connor actually, you know, has been said we we haven't heard him like speak in an interview yet. Connor gives no shits about about the composure and any of that. He wanted to win the fight, like he didn't press charges to got the guy to the guys that jumped him. He doesn't give a fuck about the the you know he's he's about the legacy. He's not there. He's already got hundreds of millions in the bank, especially after this fight, which he's going to make another ridiculous sum on. Um. It's for it's for for both these guys. It's about legacy more than it's about you know money or anything else. Or it's about you know honor. Like Khabib wants to be known as the greatest of all time. Connor wants to be known as the greatest of all time. <clears throat> but the culture is what's different, right? So like, Connor is willing to say whatever the fuck ever leading up to the fight. For for him, the Irish culture, it's say which like be be a complete jackass do whatever you want, like make a huge show, spit hot fire all the way up into the competition. Talk about his family, talk about his religion, talk about all these politics. Like uh, there was too much for me to follow, but needless to say, he's talking the most amount of shit that's been talked in a long time. And, um, and that's, that's one way to do it. Right. And this is, this is something that we've seen for a lot of great combat artists, you know, Muhammad Ali, of, of course, notorious for, for, similar antics like being crazy talking mad shit um in khabib's culture it's it's like don't don't say anything be be respectful all the way up until but or or be respectful at all times but then what was i gonna say jesus christ guys i'm losing my train um (laughs) losing my trizzle of thought here uh khabib's culture it's all about honor and respect and so the fact that Connor is willing to say all these things, like it's deeply personal, like for, for the Irish, for, for the Western world, maybe more even like, I don't know if you can call Dagestan, not the Western. I don't even know what it would be called. I mean, just that part of Russia, it's, it's definitely like a different style of, of value structure. And so for them, you don't say any of that shit. Like words are not forgotten you know obviously and and leading up to this fight they both said that this shit is not over it ain't ever over never ever ever over is what connor said which is hilarious because clearly it wasn't and it's just wild to see that you know khabib was pushed to the brink where he blew his moment he blew his moment and lost the uh lost the composure that he he's been known and he'd been building his whole career on as being this respectful honorable guy and he fucked it all up whereas connor has been building his career like as basically fucking it up in front of your face in a way but he fucked up in in betting too much on himself this time betting too much on the irish whiskey and like all these other endeavors that you know 
ultimately pulled energy away from his mixed martial arts training and landed him with a loss in the octagon, right? I mean, say what you will, like maybe Khabib would never lose to Connor. Maybe Connor could never beat him no matter how much he trains. You know, Khabib has been, tr- and that's what's so fascinating. And that's like why, again, these stories, like <clears throat> Connor has been building and like kind of betting on himself and like getting stat, like doubling his chips and doubling himself. Whereas Khabib is not gambling, you know, in a way like his, his whole culture is just go to work, you know, like he's just been slowly building and investing in a mutual fund or some shit <laughs> and just, uh, being cold and like very linear in his progression just towards the top. And he's obviously had setbacks and stuff, but Connor's been kind of like jumping and like doubling down on himself. It's just two different approaches to the game, two different cultures. It's a, it's a wild thing. That's what, why the story, even without all the bad blood was so interesting is just the way that these fighters are. Um, it didn't even need all that, but I mean, it's just blown me away. I mean, I, I, you know, I would just listen to, I would listen to Brendan Chobb's take on it and below the belt. I would listen to Ariel Hawani, his latest episode. He had, I mean, Joe Rogan just had Connor's coach on. I haven't listened to that yet, but there's so many great materials out there that are going to give you better insight than I possibly could into the UFC and into MMA and into <clears throat> this whole situation. I just think that like, if you guys really are really interested, if you really care, then you should start to check out some of those things like I do. I love a lot of these podcasts. I love a lot of, uh, you know, the the fight game. You know, I'd like to I'd like to be, you know, the guy that could to talk about it. But I know that really I'm not the person that you guys need to be listening to on this. Um, but if you have questions, I'm happy to answer them. I maybe need to do a Q&A or something or a comment episode. I just think that, uh, yeah, like... Mostly I'm just going to be only being able to regurgitate what I've already heard from, from a lot of these guys, because, you know, my, my take on it is not going to be anything that you're not going to hear from any one of those places. I just think it's just fascinating to see the culture, the culture war. And ultimately it's like these, these tribe things, it's just, oh man, I had a thought on it and I kind of, I kind of lost it. I was just driving around earlier and I just thought that. You know, we all get on team. I got on team Connor. Like I was, I'm still in like this tribal mode. Like that, that's the instinct, right? And it's like this uphill battle. We're all fighting against our own evolution to embrace this nuance. Like I wanted to embrace nuance in my thinking, but my DNA is hardwired to not think that way. And like, this is, this is what's so fascinating. I think is, you know, people want to shit on Khabib and Connor, but ultimately both of these guys are incredible, have incredible stories. They're both great dudes and they're both human, you know? And like Khabib's not perfect. Obviously like he blew his fucking moment and he's subject to, to, you know, this, this whole story that Connor's built got in his head and blew his whole moment up. And Connor's maybe more overtly, you know, shows his faults and it has over the years, but, you know, if you, if you also pay attention, you know that he's, he never would have done that. You know, like he, they're in different situations. They're going to act, they're going to behave differently. They're showing their faults and their, their, their glory in different ways. And, uh, you know, that's what's so fascinating about the fight game. That's what's so fascinating about just life is just each individual story and each individual's personality and their, what they bring to the table, the energy they bring. I mean, 
like I said, they like that it's a, it's a tale of like who wants it more, you know, and ultimately Khabib wanted it more in a different way. And his route was just more savagely grinding towards it over years and years. And like his style of fighting is just not flashy, not, you know, it's not, it's not going to draw attention to you until the very end. Like it doesn't pay out until, until you fight, until you fight Conor McGregor and without Conor McGregor, like even Khabib would never have the name that he has. So it's weird. Like they have to compliment each other too. It's, it's like, you know, Conor represents things that, you know, a lot of people have problem with maybe like flashiness, money, being cocky, blah, blah, blah. But without that, who's bringing attention to mixed martial arts? Would you know about Khabib? Would you know, would you care about fighting? And, <clears throat> you know, it's all like that yin and yang and shit. It's all that duality. Um, and we have to find that line, you know, ultimately we got to ride that curvy line and that yin yang symbol, just waving, waving at each other. If we want to, to move forward with, with balance. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore, guys. I'm just getting, I'm getting wild with it. Needless to say, it was an epic night though. Uh, that's all I can say. Like it was, it's, it's crazy. This, I don't, I don't expect the, the controversy afterwards. It's definitely not a good look for mixed martial arts, but again, with the duality, it's going to probably create more buzz and it's going to set the scene and story for the next fight. If they do have a rematch, um, it makes this, this possibility. I mean, if Connor, it makes that all more, all the more juicy. If Connor, you know, for me, I'm already, cause it, Connor Dick Ryder, I'm going to fucking be thinking about like Connor's comeback. You know, he's had like these huge knockdowns and you might see a more humbled Connor because maybe it takes more energy. Maybe he's going to take a page out of Khabib's book. It's going to take more disciplined, humbled, respect, respectable approach to the game to get back to where he wants to be. Um, strangely, you know, Khabib obviously loses but also gains like a lot of weight by doing this crazy shit you know he loses he loses a lot of respect to mixed martial artists a lot of people are shitting on him but ultimately we all and i think this is something that brennan shaw brought to the table that i was just listening to which i think is a huge point and i'll, I'll try to be my last thing on this is just we all watched that shit because we we were we, we, we you know it's incremental again like we're in this age of nuance you kind of like don't know and that's the thing is like you that's the problem with the nuance that's why why people want to jump into camps and be like make hard and fast rules you can't say this you can't do this like there are people saying oh you well we need to maybe call for you can't talk about people's religion or politics or their family and shit in building up to fights and press conferences but that's fucking uh, that's horse shit you know like ultimately again we have to value you know in my opinion we got to value the freedom of the speech and stuff. We can't, if you start to make rules and you ha you're going to lose, you're, you're going to create a tyranny. You know, you're going to create a, um, you're going to create a bad situation because you can't make it perfect. But with the nuance, with, with this ability to kind of say whatever the hell you want, Connor was slowly able to just take us all down this road where we all got it. We was all okay, even up to the dolly point, even up when we threw the dolly. Like there weren't really any repercussions. Everyone's making more money. There's more eyes, blah, blah, blah. He pretty much got away with it. Obviously, he ate millions of dollars um, from like deals and lawsuits and stuff. But, you know, the public view had not completely shifted. Um, and so we get to this point where you, where you end up crossing the line. You end up crossing a line and then 
we all kind of know where the line is. And this kind of felt sour, right? It, it left a sour taste in everyone's mouth, even if it's going to be good for promotion in the future. It just felt like, oh, fuck. All right, we all crossed the line. And we all hold that responsibility, ultimately, because we all played into it in one way, shape, or form. We were all down, you know? And I'm fucking... I'm not like I'm like a little bit less I'm I'm a ha, I'm a year younger not even I'm a few months younger than Connor and I barely know what the fuck is going on like I can't imagine what it's like to have 100 million dollars in the bank and uh you know being this mixed martial arts legend already um so I think uh you know luckily ultimately it's just the fight game and it, you know as bad as it got it didn't really get that bad you know there was basically no serious injuries connor's fine khabib's fine dylan Dennis is they're all going to be okay you know there was there was a crazy hustle or, or you know no no innocent people really got injured or anything like there was some fighting after i saw some videos in, in vegas people like beating the shit out of each other but you know again they're, they're probably asking for it being drunk in the streets and uh causing ruckus that's what it looked like to me so ultimately we're gonna move forward but you know that's why that's why we need the fight game and this is why the fight game is so strange to me and sometimes i have mixed feelings about it like we saw last or during on the undercard some guy got knocked out just flatlined basically he had like two completely unanswered punches to the dome just his head bouncing off the canvas like a basketball and you know there's extreme violence in this stuff Derek Lewis landed this ridiculous combination on Alexander Volkov all in the last 11 seconds of the fight. And if you know Derek Lewis, his fucking post-fight interviews are ridiculous. Um, so you get to check that out. I mean, it was just re- insane. He's going to go on Joe Rogan's says, smoke some weed, as he put it. Um, smoke some weed with you. And Derek Lewis is a national treasure. Uh, you guys all need to be following that man. But these... Uh, I think that's like why I think of the fight game and you know it's like this metaphor right it's it's this place where we can put our energy like it's weird like there's these there's there's a there's a need for violence potentially and hopefully you know it doesn't have to be that way but again it's our DNA we're fighting this uphill battle we need we need to have outlets for aggression we need to have outlets healthy outlets for for ourselves as a society to you know, that's what competition has been about. It's like, all right, let's maybe stop murdering each other and killing each other in wars. Less, a little less of that, a little more competing and putting that energy and fighting spirit into games like team sports and, and mixed martial arts and parkour. And um, I don't know that we get to separate ourselves from that yet. Like, you know, a lot of people want to think their way out of their humanity in some ways or their biology. And it doesn't work, you know? Like, if you if you try to logic your way out of, of your emote your your dna in some ways you know i think this is like something that i've heard from a lot of tech billionaires and stuff like this is like you know i just listened to tim ferris on the aubrey marcus podcast i've listened to elon musk talk about this and it's interesting that like all these guys even though they become like insane like uh moguls or legends in in tech or or in um modern very modern technologies or very modern lifestyles like entrepreneurial endeavors it kind of always, you know, comes back to this idea that they have to make peace with with their emotions and being, uh, <clears throat> just like, what was I saying? Jesus Christ! Just like one with their their uh, their bodies and like not trying to logic their way out of things, but also feel 
and not trying to make sense and, and argue their way through, um, through Jesus. What am I saying? I've, I've been, I've been losing it guys. I'm going on tangents, but basically just, you know, we, we, we want to just say, Oh, we're not, we're not this way anymore. We're not violent anymore. Well, we, maybe we are still. So instead of, you know, face, instead of trying to lie to ourselves and be like, we're not a violent society. We're not going to have UFC. We're not going to have, we don't need to do anything where people could get injured, blah, blah, blah. You know, like if we tried to nerf the whole society, um, we're probably going to create more problems than we're solving. Right. You know, that's my intuition anyways, that if you try to contain, you know, something that is producing consistent energy, the human, like a biological entity, you know, like if you try to box it in, you're going to just build pressure and it's going to explode. So that's why I think, you know, even though I have mixed feelings sometimes, cause like I love the UFC, I really do. But also I recognize how fucking insanely violent it can be. And people's are getting brain damage for, from, from, you know, my enthusiasm in some ways, like I am stoked and I'm paying their, their purse and their checks, you know, by buying pay-per-views or whatever. And these, some of these, you know, at every fight, someone wins or loses and sometimes in the worst way. So we all kind of like have to hold a responsibility for it because, you know, I'm, I'm getting to channel some of like my energy out probably invariably by watching these events so that, you know, you know, maybe if I watched less UFC, I could train harder. Who knows? You know, by that logic, I don't know about that, but <laughs> cause I think I find a lot of inspiration too and motivation from seeing someone go through what is clearly a more gnarly and more inspiring in my, in my opinion, situation than than basically almost any other athlete faces which is you're literally getting the shit kicked out of you and that's like again why i find it so inspiring and if you don't draw the positive energy from that if you only sit in the bloodbath energy that's maybe where you can go wrong is because if you're just out for blood and you watch ufc to see people get murked and stuff you might be a bad person i think you have to be um, or maybe not, maybe, maybe, maybe that's just what you like to do and you have to get all your aggression out there and then you do a lot of good shit again. But uh, this is what I'm saying is you can't, you can't just lie to yourself and pretend that it's all good. I'm made of milk and honey and blah, blah, blah. You know, you gotta, you gotta embrace the dark side sometimes or, in, or at least understand it and channel it into something healthier. So what am I saying here? fucking basically nothing but i just mad respect to mma athletes for inspiring me and going through you know a basically a tiny version of war for us so that we don't have to have in some ways i think it it helps us not have real wars you know and i think that all athletes that's one of the things that we're doing is we're we're all get to live vicariously through, through through the dangers that they're facing and you know whatever that does for for our own human spirits and stuff i don't know but getting really esoteric now so let's just go to the next tingy um but just big ups big ups to the ufc because i think this is just a wild time wild time to be a mma fan and a boxing fan we got deontay wilder versus tyson fury coming up holy shit there's another one with a crazy story that i wish i was following for longer i wish i was following tyson fury for longer i know he's got a ridiculous ridiculous story and he's a he's a poster child for a lot of different things because he's he's been like 
he's got a horrible mental like bipolar or or depression or like manic depression issues that he's been dealing with his entire career and like he lost the belt and ballooned up like 150 pounds and now he's getting back into shape i mean every single person like even championship championship level fighters that's what's that's what's amazing is like they are real human beings and that's one of the, you know connor is magic was that we he you know you he 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 was like creating this this illusion almost of like he's made of something different he's something different he's not even human he's something more special but ultimately that's what's even more magical about it is that he is just like any one of us he's just doing the work and he's built himself up into his place and Khabib same thing he's built himself up into place where now he's 27 and 0 and not a fucking lightweight on this earth has been able to do more than maybe a round of of damage to him and uh and even that like he he he's he's absolutely incredible and the dedication it takes to become one of these guys jesus christ so um damn i rambled plenty long on that i thought i was going to go a little bit faster boys and girls but that's most of the time that i even have which is good because I don't really have much to say this week. Um, I just thought that was fun. I had some people that wanted me to address UFC 229 because obviously I've been hyped on it for a minute. And uh, so I thought I'd do that. Um, real quick, I'm wearing a hat in my own house because we don't have heat right now. So that's you know what's going on here. If you guys have questions about that, you know I know some people are going to be like, what the fuck is he wearing a hat indoors? Well, it's basically like 60 degrees in my house right now. So this is what happens when your heating system is being replaced in your apartment. Um, and I'm fine with it. I mean, you know, I like the cold. Bring it on. I like a challenge. Give me the, give me the, the coldest. I want a coldest living room you ever had. See, I get, I get inspired from it. Fuck all the, fuck all the heat. I'll take a fucking cold living room and I'll chop wood myself and I'll start a, I'll start a fire with, I'll punch it. I'll punch the wood into splinters. And then I'll fucking snap my fingers into into kindling. I do a pretty mediocre Irish accent. Um, or Conor McGregor, at least. <laughs> There's that one for you. But yeah, it's a, it's been a wild time. Um, my hip's been a little jacked up. Just a little personal stuff here. Um, I've been trying to figure out what I did wrong. I think like as you peel back the layers... This is this has been my experience as a as a parkour athlete, and again, this is like why I think this has always been my take on parkour. As I've matured, I thought parkour. This is why I think fighting is so cool, and parkour is also so cool, is because <clears throat> parkour is sustainable if you want to practice it that way. Let me preface this whole thing by saying that I think parkour is a sustainable activity. It doesn't have to be anything. It can be whatever you want to make it. It's a beautiful art form. It's a beautiful interaction with nature. It's teaching you how to fucking be one with your environment or try to overcome not, you know, I, I, they say overcome obstacles and stuff, but really it's for me, it's more of like a, a dance with obstacles and in this ability to, to, flow with your environment not necessarily you know it's not all domination of the environment but it's it's complementary again it's it's yin and yang the obstacles are the yin and you're the yang you're you know they're just still they're fucking just being buildings and shit and you're like you're making beauty out of what is basically just kind of a building it for a while you know for most of its time it's just rocks and brick and wood and shit 
but now it's going to be that plus human being crushing being expressing himself so it becomes art it becomes a beautiful thing but you know with it being all those good things and with it being all these things it there's also this potential for glory and um i don't i've always been in the camp where i don't want to rob parkour or try to dictate what people do with parkour like i just don't feel like it's it's it needs to be done i don't feel like it's uh I feel like it's just whatever you want it to make it. And I want to always leave that door open. I think that's more important than trying to control the the narrative of what parkour is history is for me, at least because for me, I came into it with people trying to tell me one thing and I've been able to do some things differently. And I think that's what's what, what it's been given for me is it's become an artistic outlet. And so if you're, if you're having an artistic outlet, you're doing weird shit. You're, you're changing the game. You're trying to innovate. You're trying to do things differently. You're not trying to necessarily do things as they were done, like the old way. It's important to do that, right? Um, I listened to a lot of podcasts before I tried to do this shit. I, I watched and learned all the basics as much as possible before I tried to go balls deep in my own training. You know, you got to be smart about it. Um, there's a difference between, you know, what is it, the... Hooning Kruger effect or some kind of Kruger the effect where you think that you're hot shit but you're not at all and then you start to learn something and then you're like oh then you know then you find out you're not hot shit but then the more you learn then you actually become hot shit but then you probably don't have the hot shit personality because you know how much work it work it takes um Dunning Kruger that's a Dunning Kruger effect I think but anyhow the uh <clears throat> with all that what I was what I'm getting at is that Parkour, I think, shares this this glory seeking or this you know I'm not not glory seeking necessarily, but because that sounds a little bit more self-aggrandizing and egotistical than, but like this this idea that you can inspire others with with what you think is artistic and what you your your vision for like what can be what, how you see greatness and how you want to apply yourself and really what it comes down to is how you can test yourself and how, like see what you're made of and push yourself to be further and further and you know and ultimately the greats like Muhammad Ali and, and Connor, you know, if you consider him a great, maybe, maybe you don't, but, um, Mike Tyson, like all these people are driven by that force in one way or another, where they, they're trying to push themselves further and see just how much they can accomplish. And there's like, there's always some pushback, you know, there's always a lot of pushback from people, especially, you know, in parkour where people, it's a very, it's a very communal thing and it's especially in its in this early um stage where where we we really think it's important to nurture and protect the community as is um and i think that is important but there is like this this potential for for people to use it in a way that you know other people have used every other discipline all these things probably start out in a more pure way you know if you want to call it that but the, the this idea is also pure this idea of pushing yourself further and further. And when you're embracing that that path, I think, you're faced with the same challenges that these fighters are faced, where you are you're invariably trading sustainability for for a high water mark, you know? It's like uh I don't know. What what is it like? It's just there you're, you're making a sacrifice. You're making a sacrifice either way, right? So the sacrifice for sustainability is you might not get to see what you were truly capable of. You'll make, you might never get to know what, what you really could have done on your best day, but 
you never maybe have injuries and you might uh, just have more training days and you have all these other benefits that come out of it and you have, you know, a great practice that you can consistently rely on that, you know, is good to you and you're good to it. Um, or, or maybe the sacrifice, or maybe it takes 25 years to see what you're truly capable of because you have to put in all that discipline to get to that level without, you know, losing that sustainability. On the flip side, you know, there's people that are going to trade a little bit of that sustainability, be a little bit more, be a little bit more Conor McGregor, take a little bit more risk, gamble on, bet on yourself a little bit, see, see what you can see, how fast you can rise to the top in some ways. And again, in my opinion, this, there's no, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Like, what do you want to do with it? Are you going to be fucking Conor McGregor? Are you going to be Khabib? Obviously they both have their pros and cons, you know, they're both wealthy as shit now off this pay-per-view, but they, you know, you know, Khabib, Khabib lost his honor. Connor's lost his honor. They've both, you know, Khabib's undefeated. Connor's not, you know, whatever. I don't, whatever it is you value, like Khabib lives with his parents. Connor lives in a mansion, you know, again, there's different values, right? So like whatever you want, figure it the fuck out. And that is a true statement. That's just like, let's literally the culture is Khabib, you know, and in the Dagestani culture, the youngest person lives with the parents. He's still got a wife and kids, but they live at home. Um, and I don't know when that, when that ends or, or if it does, you know, but they help out, they help out their parents. Probably it's probably a huge thing. And there's, there's value to that. You know, there's nothing wrong with the way they're living life. Obviously they're both getting to this epic championship level performance using different, you know, different tools, but you know, so that's why I try not to, and that's, what's weird is like when people jump into one camp they sometimes want to shit and hate on the other camp. Like I kind of try to do my best to appreciate both sides. And I think Khabib's amazing. I think Connor's amazing. And I think like a Dom tomato type who is, you know, probably a little more Conor McGregor esque, you know, he's throwing himself down line 25, breaking his fucking foot off, jumping down 25, doing a front flip down 25 stairs. But ultimately, you know, and then there's like a, there's a Max Henry type. Max Henry is like taking a super disciplined approach and, you know, it's taken him probably a little bit longer to like really blossom as an athlete, but look at him now. It's just like, he's absolutely amazing. He, he trains all the time. He gets to train every day. And I don't know, like, I'm not trying to, I don't know exactly how, what, how Max Henry sees himself or how Dom Tomato sees himself, but I'm just saying that there's, you know, there's a little less glory in Max's story. Dom's obviously got the, the fanship and, he, and he's inspiring. They're both inspiring people in different ways though. So to shit on either one of them, I think is just the wrong move. Um, but yeah, I've been ranting. I've been ranting for a hot minute. I think I've ranted plenty. I want to give um I want to give wait, two things. One thing is Big Mouth season two. Watch that shit. If you guys have watched, if you've got Netflix, Big Mouth is first of all the first season's hilarious and amazing. I watched. End to end. I watched beginning to end in one fucking evening at Kai Willis's. Shout to be name dropping here, Kai. Kai fucking Kai's apartment. You know, we he showed he turned me onto it. That's like you gotta give you gotta give credit where it's due. Kai turned me onto this show. I fucking fell in love with it. So Big Mouth is amazing. And then the season two just dropped like a day or two ago. So that's amazing. Um, it's one of the funniest shows. It's one of the like most 
in your face. It kind of shows this duality that we, you know, I've been discussing on this episode a lot. It's got some really funny moments. It's got this really intersectionality of like mainstream, um, like culture issues or whatever. So topical these days and like gender, just, you know, again, like these things that are timeless, like these, these constants that don't seem to go away where men and women are trying to understand each other and fucking not doing it so well. Um, because of their hormones and stuff. So it's a really funny, it's kind of a provocative wild show. Um, it's pretty silly. And if you're like this podcast and you like all the dick jokes, you'll definitely like the show because there's plenty of that. Um, but yeah, it's about, it's about these youngsters going through puberty. Basically it's a cartoon. It's ridiculous. So watch big mouth. That's a recommendation. I don't recommend shit unless I really mean it. All right. I don't have fucking ads in here hardly at all for you guys. Because I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make this about that. All right, I'm trying to make this about us. And um, and with that said, my second thing is, I do have to once in a while, for the good of everybody, uh, I have to just just remind you guys that number one, I really appreciate all you guys listening. I could not thank any one of you enough for for helping me get this far. We're at episode forty. This is crazy. We're coming up on a year soon. Um, you know, this has been really good. This has been one of my favorite things. It's been really uh, therapeutic for me to just, you know, have time to, to think my own things out and interact with people, have these long form conversations and have a really good reason to do it every week because it's not easy to find time. So I really fucking love all you guys for listening. Um, but I do have to remind you guys that we need your support still. We always need more support. It can, it can never hurt. Um, we got Patreon page going on and we've, we really appreciate all the shout out to the, the Patreon supporters for, for being like basically our biggest supporters right now. We, we love you guys. Thank you for keeping us going we're, with your guys' help. We're going to get some more mic stands. We're going to get some, you know, eventually we might be able to get someone to help produce these and get some interaction going, be able to play some videos on, on things and, and just do more with the podcast. So big up to all the Patreon subscribers, big up to all the people listening right now. Big up to everyone that's ever written a review or given us that five-star review on iTunes. All of you guys are doing the work that we need to help build this shit up and uh, just keep it going. You know, I want to keep this story going just as much as we all, you know, we're, we're telling, we're creating our own story right now. So, uh, you know, all the feedback that I've gotten, every one of you guys, just much love. And then also, if you can help, please, you know, spread the word. If you like what you hear, tell people, tell your friends about it. Tell your friends if... Even if it's not, you know, like you got to listen to every episode. Just if there's one episode that you thought, well, oh, this is good for my friend, let them know. Or if you if you have a guest that you know lives in my area in Colorado and you want to put us in contact with each other, that's really helpful. Even like last week we had Max uh, Lee Abbott on and like I wouldn't have known to, to invite him on necessarily unless, you know, our former guests, Joe, Max and Tim Champion all, all recommended it to me. So that's huge. Um, you know, I want to keep expanding things out. So thanks for, for supporting the podcast. If you have, you know, the want and the will to, to do a, a Patreon subscription as well, I'm going to make um, a new tier. I'm going to give out some some merch. And uh, that's that Myrmidon merch, baby, to, to people in the in the Patreon tier. So you guys will get some special socks um, soon. But I just want to thank you guys for helping us grow. Um, that's really how I wanted to end this one. And, uh, so I snuck up on you with, uh, basically an advertisement for our own podcast, but 
I know if you listen this long, listen this long, that you, you're a true lover, you're a true baby, or a true baby, I should say. And we, we love you guys. Thank you for joining the podcast. I'm gonna let you guys play out. Excuse me, I'm gonna let you guys listen to that Yelky Clan again on the way out. So much love. We'll see you guys next week. Who knows what the fuck's gonna happen? We're gonna have some guests on again, um, but it's been really fun just to, to chat with just us, just you and me, guys. You know, we love you. All right, peace.